Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. But the title of my message this morning is The Spirit Imparted Life. The Spirit Imparted Life. And um, I, I just so much want to see people living a vital life with vitality, you know. And um, sometimes, you know, you're, you're in that place, I'm going to, I better check for vital signs because sometimes things don't always appear to be alive and you have to check for life. And I think that that's, you know, there's a couple of barometers that we can use in the church to see if the church is alive. And one of, them's, one of them is, of course, prayer. And, and the other is our praise and our worship. Where is that? And that's why I said to you this morning, you should close your eyes and lift your hands. Lift your hands to the great I am. Um, he, he, he stretched his hands out for you. And they were forced onto a tree. And all, all he's asking of us is for our worship. And, 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 and if we gladly come into this place and we want to give him our worship, you raise, you better be careful how I'm, what I say, but be free, be at liberty to praise and worship the King of Kings. And I pray that the, there'll be a sense of freedom that will rise up in you and that these gatherings will go to new levels. And, I'll pr- and we pray every time. And I'm asking you guys all to pray in your cars on the way to church. And pray that everyone comes in here with a right spirit and a right attitude. Of course there will be times when people will come in here. And, and it's not right. But we'll, t- we'll trust the, in the spirit of grace to deal with that. We just need to be focused on giving everything that we have to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there's areas of the ocean that look beautiful. I'm sure you might have seen them before. The waters are turquoise blue. They're lapping up against white sands. Here we all are, not even getting a holiday in here. I'm speaking like this. (laughs) They look beautiful. And you can picture these places. But did you know that there are places like that where there's no life underneath the surface? It looks beautiful on the outside, but beneath the surface, nothing is alive. The reefs are dead or dying, and the marine life has slowly abandoned the area or it's died off. Amen. Sometimes things appear to be alive, but there's no breath. Amen. And so we need the Holy Spirit because one of the hallmarks of the Holy Spirit is that breath the wind of the Spirit, the breath of the Spirit, the ruach of the Spirit that blows into every situation. And, and the reason I want to encourage you so much just to be, be at liberty and, and be led of the Spirit in your worship, some people are afraid of what the Holy Spirit might do. Well, what's going to happen if I, you, I don't want things to get out of control? Things won't get out of control. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of order, not of chaos and confusion. Things won't get out of control. And um, so the Holy Spirit is not, the Spirit is not someone to be feared. Amen. 200 years ago, a man called William Blunt declared the church 
was in the same apostasy as the Jewish nation were in at the t in biblical times. And you can remember this, the Jews rejected and refused him who was the substance and the fulfillment of everything that had been taught in their law. And they refused him. Amen. So here is Jesus. He's standing right in front of him and they refused him. And if we look around and we see so much turmoil and disagreement and disunity and division in the church, and we think, wow, the church is in a really fallen state right now. It's in that state because of a rejection of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit back in our churches. Amen. I got a good amen. We need the Holy Spirit back in our churches. We need the vital signs of life to come back again. We need evidence of life. We need evidence of life. Just like it says in Acts 2.42, if you can flash Acts 2.42 up. We mentioned them recently. Devotion to the apostles' teaching, devotion to the Word of God, to fellowship, breaking bread or communion and prayer. These are the vital signs of a church that is alive. Amen? So a lot of things look good on the outside, but they don't taste good. And I remember being, uh, uh, when I was in school in South Africa, we'd go in these school camps called felt school. Basically, it means field school. You're out in the bush. And the, the, their, their, um, their mandate was to completely crush your morale within two hours of arriving off the bus. <laughs> so you'd get off the bus and you'd be herded like cattle into this, the quartermaster's stores and he would give you a heavy canvas rucksack and a whole load of heavy stuff and heavy gear and he'd, you'd put it in there and all of you kids would go out with these leaders and uh, into the sometimes the pouring rain and you'd come back drenched, soaking, smelly, hurt and your morale was broken and you were looking forward to getting back and getting some toast and tea but it felt school even though it looked good it tasted awful the porridge in the morning looked like chocolate porridge but it was awful full of lumps so what we what 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 we what we see and what we taste are different and we want to be able to, the word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, and we want to be a, we want to be a mirror image of, 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 of everything that he is here. So we want people to taste the goodness of God. Amen? We want you to taste that. So teaching is good. And there's been a great emphasis on teaching in the church. We, we need teachers one of the ordained fivefold ministry is the ministry of teaching. But teaching is going to produce limited results if there's no life to channel it through. I can stand, I, I can stand up here and teach and it, it will do no good at all if there's no life to channel it through. If we are in a state of, of spiritual sleep or if we are in a coma, no amount of teaching will be a benefit to us. Amen. And, and so, 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a wee warning now, all right, because this might happen. I've been tempted to do it for years, actually, is walk out into the room and put my hand on your shoulder. And if you're sleeping, I'll just give you a nudge like this. And you'll be like, <laughs> so I know I'm just, I'm just, I'm just meditating. I'm just meditating on the word, David. I'm just meditating. Okay. But I'm only joking. But yeah, sometimes we, we go into this trance-like state. We don't absorb anything. Amen. So we're not dispensing with teaching in this church. Amen. But this sermon, although it's important, it's not the centerpiece of what this gathering's about. I'm starting to maybe get you worried about what I'm going to say next. Heresy. It's, it's not the centerpiece. Giving people the opportunity to meet the Lord at the throne room of grace is the, is the center of a gathering. Giving people the opportunity to meet with God and to find God's help in their time of need. Otherwise, this church will always only be filled with people who are born again. If the people that are visiting and that are coming in from outside, they don't want to hear me teaching. They want to meet with God at the throne room of grace. That's why our worship may go longer. That's why our services may go longer. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. But that's, that, that is what will happen. The, the shift, the balance is going to shift. Hallelujah. The balance is going to shift. You know, in Jesus' time, the religious meetings and gatherings were dominated by the rabbis, the teachers of the law. These men were fanatical scholars of God's word and the scrolls. You know, these men were awesome. They were thorough, thorough. But Jesus says to them in John 5, from verse 38, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. You can have all the word in the world and not find life. You can have all the, wor all the Bible in the wor world and not breathe one Holy Spirit-inspired breath. You can have all of that and not have any breath of life. Amen? These men knew the written word thoroughly, but they knew not the living word when it was stood right in front of them. Amen? God's word is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit in a sequence of arrows that point to Jesus Christ. That is what God's word is. It's, 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 our, it's our guide to finding Jesus and to know what God's kingdom is all about. Amen? So what are we prepared to allow in our gatherings? Question mark, putting it out there to you. What are we prepared to allow in our gatherings? And I have to say that preparation, as I said earlier, before coming to church, it's important. The attitude in which you come along to any gathering is crucial to the outcome of the gathering. We need to remember that. I, d I didn't always do that. I was, when I went to church as a youth, I already had my love letters planned. They were going down the road to Nancy. 
I just made that name up. But, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really interested. I was simply at church. I was simply, I was simply there. And, and, and I believe that God still, despite my total ignorance and foolishness, still planted some good there somewhere. But my, my motives for my attitude in coming to church wasn't very good. Amen? And so the attitude which we're coming in is important. Are we here ready to recognize the presence of a visitor? And I don't just mean a physical person walking through that door. I mean a visitor, supernatural visitor, the Spirit of God. Amen? Are we here ready to recognize the signs of God's hand being open so that he can pour out into your life? Amen? So these are important things. We're talking, we're talking about the impartation of life that the Spirit gives. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Go there in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Or scroll your tablet, whatever. That says that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives, gives life. You know, our church has to keep on praying and calling on the, the name of the Lord. Amen? Keep praying, keep calling on the name of the Lord. Church is a place where a spirit of brokenness has to be given time to cry out and receive. Amen? Give people the opportunity to cry out. Let there be a spirit of life in this place that attracts people and sets them at a place where they, they feel that they're able to do that. Amen? When all of, when as soon as we take that away from people, the church ceases to be normal. It's not a normal church anymore. And when it comes to spiritual life, it actually cannot be as much taught as it is caught. As your spiritual life is caught in fellowship where everyone concerned is chasing the presence of God which produces life-changing results for the hopeless, for the addicted, yeah, for the, for, for the mentally um, afflicted, and then there's just crazy people too. That's that's you know that just they're they're in a hyper agitated state and they do they do um, unreasonable things. You know, the lost and the confused and the afraid and 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 and, and you can keep on filling that up. It's the spirit of life for them is going to be caught when they come into fellowship with you guys, with us here. Amen? It's my hope to see this church be a place for people to freely express the needs of their lives and their desires and hopes. A place of open and honest praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Where you don't come in here and you're met with some rigid program where this is the schedule and we're so thankful to everyone who does a schedule. It's only a guide. See, my media team will be going. <laughs> so, but 
It's, you're not gonna, we don't want to be met with a rigid schedule. Amen? But we make room for the Spirit of God to move so that we can call on the name of the Lord because I, I, my wife and I have as many needs as you have. We all have needs. Amen? And that's the thing that must distinguish us from our neighbors, wherever you are, the people next door, or neighboring nations, neighboring people. The thing that distinguishes us is, is, is that we are a people who call on the name of the Lord. That's the thing that distinguishes us from whoever else is around you. If you're a person who calls on the name of the Lord every day, you're, you're, you're distinguished. Amen? More, you can do more in your life if you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, then by, by, there's nothing else. Red Bull. What's the other one? White Diamond. I don't know. There's all sorts of crazy names. <laughs> you know, there's some people, people are looking for energy, but they, you, you, the, the only place to find lifelong, life-giving energy is with the Holy Spirit. He, he will always, because I, I, I get amazed. I'm, I, I look at my parents sometimes and I think, how did you keep on going? How did you keep on going? How could you keep on going? How are you still keeping on going? And I, and I, and I, still, I still go in and I'll sit in my dad's study and I could cry because I just see all the, the notes and the study and the hours and the hours and the hours. And I say, now I know how you keep on going because you just have stayed with the Holy Spirit. We're not perfect. I'm not, he's not, no one is. But we stayed with the Spirit. We stay with the Spirit. Amen. Without him, nothing actually can be achieved. Spiritual power is always linked to communion with God. Always. No communion, no power. It's always communion with God. And the New Testament church was birthed in Acts. And, and hopefully you'll maybe reading through Acts as we approach Pentecost. It was birthed in prayer. And in prayer it will continue. And this morning I have to, and I didn't know if I would say this, but I'm going to just say it. I'm asking for your forgiveness because I've been slothful in that area of prayer, corporate prayer. And we're picking that up again. Prayer hasn't died, but we need, to, we need the prayer meeting. We need the prayer gathering. And I'm asking for your forgiveness today because that has been, put, that has been not sidelined. That's all I'm going to say. But that is how the vital church grows is by prayer. I know you all pray. I know you all pray. But we need to be praying together. The prayer meeting, the prayer meeting when, when um, Jim Simbala started the Brooklyn Tabernacle, <laughs> if any of you know that story, it was tough, downtown Brooklyn. And he said he, he left some of their prayer meetings a broken man, not broken because, he, you know, but broken because he was so discouraged. And before long, the prayer meetings started exceeding the Sunday meetings. There were more people at a prayer meeting than at church. Now, 
No. Yeah? You can tell... What's the, what, how does it go? You can tell how popular a church is by how many people come on a Sunday. You can tell how popular a preacher is by how many come to midweek service. You can tell how popular Jesus is by how many come to prayer meeting. Yeah? Prayer meetings is actually where it's at. Praying together. So, and Acts 4.31, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You know, praying with the aid and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is like having a guidance system on something that needs to get from point A to point B. Amen? Amen. That guidance system will always work unless there is interference with it or something is put in its path to physically block it, in which case it needs a reroute or it needs to do something. Amen? The Holy Spirit helps us to pray right, praise, to worship in spirit and in truth, and to get to our destination, which is the throne room of grace, where Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. That's, it's this guidance system, amen? You say, well, you know, that's not a very big target, but don't forget, God's omnis- om- omnipresent. The, the, he- the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. It's a big target. We just got to look, lift our eyes up and, and go, and the Holy Spirit will help us, amen? And so the guidance system's there to help us to link up with God heart to heart, spirit to spirit. Amen? And a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't come to prayer meeting because they're embarrassed to pray. They've maybe just, I I don't know if I can pray in front of other people. We're not expecting you to come and pray in front of other people. Straight away. (laughs) (laughs) Come to prayer meeting, even if you're silent. Come to prayer meeting. Prayer is vocal, by the way. God's not deaf, but prayer is vocal. We need to hear ourselves praying. That's, I think, the thing. We need to hear us saying the words. It's like, I can't believe I just said that. Ah, well, you just prayed it. Okay, I'll go with it. Amen. We pray aright when we pray in the Spirit. We pray prayers that are acceptable when we let the Holy Spirit direct our words of prayer as they come through from our hearts and filter through our minds. Amen. Preparing our attitude and our heart before coming to any gathering is important. Amen. And God hears the the sincere cries and the fervent prayers of men's hearts so that The unbeliever that cries out in desperation, even if it's just with a hint of faith, that prayer or call is pure, and I believe God hears that, okay? So I'm I'm, I'm not saying that you, you know, the unbeliever can pray. He cries out in desperation. That's a prayer. He may have no faith, but he's come to a point where he's crying out in desperation. I need your help, God. I need your help, Jesus. Amen? But we as believers need to consider our prayers. 
us who have been about it longer, we need to keep on relying on the Holy Spirit to help us to pray, to pray prayers that God will commune with, that are pure in their motive and intention. How many of you prayed prayers that are maybe the motive's a bit shady? You know, um, your sister so-and-so, Lord, can you please remove her from my life, my environment? Please, Lord, she really is. Look at the visitors are not coming back, Lord. She's like, no, maybe it's your attitude, sister. Maybe, maybe they can read the, the, maybe they can see the daggers going across the room. No. Amen. Pure in motive. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 from verse 1. The first account I made, Theophilus, was a continuous report of all the things that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he ascended to heaven, after he had by the Holy Spirit given instruction to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these men he also showed himself alive after his suffering in Gethsemane and on the cross by a series of many infallible proofs and unquestionable demonstrations appearing to them over a period of 40 days and talking to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. While being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you've heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. Amen. This is our kind of our key scripture, and I want to talk about that promise. That promise is for you, the believer, okay? It's not something to be feared, the, filling of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's something to be desired. It's not something to be feared. It's something to be desired. You know, the word says in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, the gifts and callings of God are not without repentance, that actually means that God is not going to change his mind. He's not going to um, recall or withdraw what he has said or, or ordained, and he will definitely not regret what he has said. So when he says, for you, the believer, be baptized, be born again, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not only for a select few people. It's for all of us as believers okay? And we know that God doesn't change his mind because Numbers 23, 19 tells us that he's not a, he's, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Amen? Verse 20 is excellent. I've received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. When God decrees something, there's nothing we can do to d turn it around. Amen? Does anyone know the story about Balaam in, in, in the Old Testament, in the book of Numbers? It's about Balak, this king, a king of Moab. And he's trying to get Balaam, the prophet, to curse his enemy Israel. But of course, every time Balaam goes to the Lord, the Lord tells him to bless and not to curse. Amen? In fact, God's instructions for him to bless and not curse make the king of Moab spitting mad, all right? And the story says that the Spirit of God came upon Balaam. And when, he, and, and when that happened, when the Spirit of God came upon Balaam, when that happened, 
he was able to see the vision of the Almighty. The word says that he could see what God seen. His eyes were made to be wide open. And of course, he just blessed the people. And, 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 and um, Balak was utterly confounded. But when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it is possible, you, if you desire it, to see the same vision as the Almighty. Amen. We, all, we often pray, Lord, let us see as you see. Let, you know, let us praise, you know, let us pray the prayers you want to see. All of that kind of stuff, it's, it's possible. Amen. So this enablement of the Spirit affected Balaam's sight, physical sight, and spiritual sight, and his understanding. Amen. And that, that word there, the, the Spirit that came upon Balaam, is the same word, ruach, the wind of the Spirit. That's what came upon him. So the, the, the Holy Spirit is mind-altering. You don't need mind-altering drugs. The Holy Ghost is mind-altering and life-changing. Amen? Amen? And this is a promise. It's the promise. It's the promise of the Father. And the, in, in Greek, it means epagelia. And it means that it's, it is what is fitting and appropriate. God has promised you what is fitting for your life. And it's guaranteed and officially sanctioned by God for you. Amen? for you. Amen. And verse 5 there, what we just read, for John baptized, but you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit, the pneuma, the wind or the breath of the Spirit. Amen. You know, when, when the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your, your life, your body becomes a vehicle for God's will to be done. Amen. So that life is breathed into us by the Spirit, amen? When we breathe our last breath here on earth, that last expiration is also the moment of our spirit's departure from our body, okay? It's not the end of our spirits. They're eternal. Our last breath on earth simply sees our spirit leave our body, amen? Acts chapter 1, verse 6, carrying on. When they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time reestablishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for, for you to know the time or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. What is the power he's talking about there? Some of us that have been in this church for a little while will know because it's like, oh, not again. You're not going to go down the dunamis route again, are you? Dunamis power. It's miraculous power, might, and strength. That's what you, that's what you possess. Miraculous power. It means to have the power through God's ability. Not my own power, not Linda's power, but Lewis's power, but by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Amen? That's the power. It's the power to achieve something by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. It's like, Lord, I've got nothing. I actually have nothing to offer, but you 
have everything, and you have let me be an inheritor of all that you have, and all I have to do is apply what I've inherited, and I have the power to change. Amen? And this power is available in a mighty way when we gather together and when we work together. Amen? Remember how much we achieved when we filled the skip outside and when we filled the skip round at Vaults Lane. I mean, some of us were, were more mature in years that came, and we still did it in super quick time. Amen? We were, we were empowered. And when we assemble under the banner of Jesus Christ, Jehovah Nissi, that power is invisibly present, and it's operating as ministry takes place. Amen? I, I, I hope to see more than what's invisible in this church. I hope to see the manifest power of God in this church. Amen? I hope to see that. That is my prayer and my hope. Because when you see that, no one can gainsay nor resist that there's something. That who, who, who makes a limb grow back? Who gives sight to the blind? Who takes cancer away completely? These things are all possible. I want to say that this morning. They are all possible. Now, are they all probable? No. A lot of, the, there's a condition. There's conditioning that takes place. We have to set the atmosphere for those things to happen. Without prayer, it's unlikely that the, that the church will experience that power. Amen. It would be a sovereign work of grace and of God. And he does that. Amen. 2 Peter 1, Simon Peter, to those who have, I'm finishing shortly, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power, dunamis power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory. If you're called in this place, raise your hand. You're called, you're called. You could put your hand up. You're called, you are called. Even if you're like, you know what, I'm, I've got my earphones in. I'm just I'm zoning you out. You're called. You're called. I'm telling you, you're called. You're called to something. Amen. Verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. The Spirit imparts life. What is this life that he's talking about in verse 3? It, what are the things that pertain to life and godliness? Life. This life is called Zoe life. Zoe as in the, a person's name, Z-O-E, Zoe life. And it refers to our physical life in the present right now and to our future existence spiritually. So Zoe life is for now on this planet, okay? Physically. And the source of this life is not from the fountain of youth or something like that, okay? All right? We've been to the fountain of youth and it didn't work, all right? It's in St. Augustine in Florida. 
and it's a visitor attraction, and the water tastes horrible. Don't drink it. It'll actually make you bulk. It's terrible. The Fountain of Youth. Ponce de Leon, one from Puerto Rico, landed in St. Augustine in search of the Fountain of Youth. It, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, it's, it's minging the water. It's, it's minging. Remember that? We got the little paper cone cup. I nearly, I nearly threw up. I tell you, the fountain of youth, it made me run out of that place and keep, keep fit. It, the Zoe life is the life of God itself. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. It's the, the Zoe life is the express image of God in you, which has given all of us the capacity to know life here and now and eternally. And it's a gift. Life is a gift. We do, not, we do not have the right to take a life. Not any life. Not one in here. Not one that's alive out here. Well, this is alive. In the womb we're out with, we do not have the right to take a life. I don't believe that. Zoe life. So you can be possessed with the vitality of this life. And it's the impartation of the breath of the Holy Spirit into your life that gives you Zoe life. Amen. And it can be described in this way. It's a real life, a genuine life, a life that is active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed. The portion in this world of those who put their trust in Christ. Amen. The Old Testament writers in the worldview of their time believed that this Zoe life was a happy and a blessed one. Amen? In Acts chapter 3, verse 14, when Peter sees the man who's at, in Solomon's porch who's lame, and he says, what does he say? I think he said, there's silver and gold have an un, said he, but such as I have, I give unto you. Take my hand, rise and walk. The that, that there was the infusion of Zoe life into that person. It was Zoe life. Amen. And, and he says, he's also talking, he also preached one of his sermons there and he told them, the man that you executed, that you put to death on the cross, Jesus, he was the prince of life. He was the author of this Zoe life. He was the prince of life. It's the same word in the Greek. Amen. So this Zoe, this spirit-imparted life is available through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the way it's available. And it means that you, it means perfect soundness. And there's only one place you'll find perfect soundness. It's in God's word. Amen. And so I want you, you can do some homework and study that out. Go to your concordance or your Bible, read through Acts and look at these words like life, power, all of these words that grabs your attention, find out what it means. Amen? But I believe that all of these things work to give us unimpaired wholeness and health. Amen? Completeness. Now, I know we don't always have that or experience that, but we can believe for it. Amen? Hallelujah.
Peter says to them, I don't know what you're all so amazed about. It's nothing to do with me. It's not us. It wasn't our uh, devotion to, it wasn't our godliness, our devotion to God's word or anything like that. It's not our power that made, that got this man dancing because the word says he was leaping around the place. It's not our, it's not our word. It was by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's what this is about. Amen. And so the Spirit comes into your life and it changes you. Even Peter, Simon Peter, Peter's, uh, the, name, the name Simon means sand. Sand is not an inherently stable substance or a strong one. But Simon Peter, sand to rock, something that's unstable to something that Jesus says, I'm going to build my church on you, upon you. Imagine that, powerful, from weakness to strength, from weakness to strength, amen. When Jesus calls you, if you're in this place, he calls you by name, amen. Joyce, Jim, he calls you by name. He knows who you are. And the inherent weaknesses in your life, which he understands that you have, they become secondary to what he sees in you. He sees so much more in you than you see in yourself. And you're like, oh, but this is, I, I've inherited this. But Jesus came to break the curse of the law. He came to break gen the generational curse that is passed down from father to son to son to son to son. You haven't inherited anything. You can break it in the name of Jesus. You can break that off of your life in the name of Jesus. You don't need to inherit the spirit of what your grandparents had or your parents had. You can, you, do you understand what I'm saying? When we yield our lives to him and we ask the Holy Spirit to come in and we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, we get that dunamis power, the pathway to strength, divine strength, amen? And he's calling on you. And it doesn't have to be next Sunday at Pentecost when we, something spectacular happens. It can be any time. I want you to uh, come expecting next week, but just come prepared to worship. Amen. That's the main thing. Amen. So come and join with us. Be a partner. Be a sharer. Be part of the koinonia that's here. All right? Be, be a part of what is going on? We want to say to you, you belong. Amen. Amen. Be partakers with us. The word, the, word, the word goes both ways. The word says, do not be partakers with them who do practice wickedness. Be partakers with them who practice grace, mercy, peace, faith, all of these things. Amen. Belonging is important. This emphasizes the, the importance of where you belong. Amen? Where you belong can be your making, or your, your making or your downfall. Where you belong. And we did a series on belonging a while ago. But here, you belong here. You belong in God's family. Amen? You belong here. And you might come into this place and you might feel unworthy. I know, I know a couple of people that have said that to me. They felt 
oh, I didn't know if it was the right time to come back. And I, something happened and I was led and I was brought back. And, but I don't feel... You might have competing um, feelings of unworthiness. And, 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 but don't worry. You, you belong here. There's grace here. So, we, we, but, but we come in here and we're like, oh, we know we're not worthy, but it's a place of grace. So let joy rise up in you. Amen. All right, joy, but not joy without reverence, but real, genuine joy. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.